Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is former Houston Rocket player Joaquin Hawkins with Cody Davis, and we are the hosts of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. Before we get started, we want to tell you guys about Aurora Nutri-Science. It's a health and nutrition product that helps you get the vitamins needed for a healthy lifestyle. These are three of the vitamins that I currently take. Exoflex is supposed to help out with joint pain. Curcumin works like Advil and is good for inflammation. And vitamin D3 improves overall health and assists with strong bones and teeth. To try these products and more from Aurora Nutri-Science, go to VivaLifeScience.com and use the promo code ROCKETS for a 10% discount at checkout. Again, go to VivaLifeScience.com and use the promo code ROCKETS for a 10% discount at checkout. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, credential reporter for SB Nation, covering the Houston Rockets, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Former Houston Rocket, Joaquin Hawkins. What's going on, everyone? CD, how you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Well, I have some good news. The Houston Rockets season... <laughs> Is over. Is over. We no <laughs> longer have to talk about what is possibly going to go down as the worst season in franchise history. And look, ladies and gentlemen, I know this season was a terrible year, but I do believe that the future for the Houston Rockets do look bright, to say the least. How can I say that knowing that the Rockets only won 17 games and lost 55 games, the worst record in the league, is because they have a lot of young guys on this team. A lot of young guys who had an opportunity to go out there on the court and help to lay a foundation to the Houston Rockets rebuild. But with that being said, where does that leave John Wall? So on today's installment of Believe in the Rockets, Hawk and I are going to discuss John Wall's future with this team and is he a long-term fit with this organization? And then later on in the show, Hawk and I are going to discuss Rudy T's remarks about Robert Horry belonging in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And I have my thoughts about it. Hulk, I'm pretty sure you have your own thoughts about it. We're going to get into that later on mm -hmm. in the show. But first, before we get into everything, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website BetOnline.ag. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So as promised on today's installment of Believe in the Rockets, we're going to discuss John Wall's fit with the Houston Rockets. And ladies and gentlemen, look, John Wall's first season in Houston was a very strange one to say the least. I mean, first and foremost, you have to discuss that this is a guy who missed the last two seasons. 
he was out with an Achilles tear. And not only that, he was also out with some type of foot injury, another foot injury as well, kept him sideline for two years. And it seemed like he was on the verge of continuing his career in Washington. Russell Westbrook's once out of Houston. And there was a switch. Basically, I would trade your headache that the Rockets had in Westbrook mm-hmm. for Washington's headache, which was for John Wall. And of course, Washington also had to attach a first round draft pick to John Wall as well in order to in order to move on from him. And I had a lot of high hopes for John Wall, especially due to the fact that his arrival in Houston always seemed like the final chance of James Harden going back on his word that he also wanted out of Houston. And not only that, we all hope that that pairing between John Wall and James Harden could have saved Harden's career in Houston for at least another year. However, we know, what was it? Six, 10 games into this Mm -hmm. season. I don't, I don't even think it made 10 games. We saw what happened in the game against the Los Angeles Lakers. James Harden says this relationship cannot be fixed, and the next day he gets traded off to Brooklyn. And during that short time, the 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 I guess I'm going to call it the ten games after James Harden was traded, it seemed like the Houston Rockets were going to be okay. And part of the reason why it seemed like the Rockets were going to be okay was due to the play of John Wall, because we started seeing the player that he was in Washington, a player that made him a five-time All-Star. However, just like everything else with the rest of the team, once injuries started to take a toll on this team, including John Wall with his season ending prematurely due to a knee injury, he did not look like the same player. After the All-Star break, though, and the Rockets was trying to implement Kevin Porter Jr., that's when I started to see a decline from John Wall because on one hand, Steven Silas and the Rockets organization still wanted John Wall to go out there and play his game as the leader of this organization, as the point guard of this team on the court. But at the same time, we were starting to see the Rockets try to put the ball in Kevin Porter Jr. hands. And I believe part of the decline that we saw in John Wall's play during the second half of the season was basically him not wanting to defer to Kevin Porter Jr. Because that is a guy who hasn't done anything in the league. And let's be real, ladies and gentlemen, John Wall is a ball-dominant point guard. And the only reason why he worked in Washington playing alongside another ball-dominant guard was because he was paired with Bradley Beal, and him and Bradley Beal are damn near brothers. And he was willing to share the ball with Bradley Beal. Not only that, when he comes to Houston, he was willing to share the ball with James Harden. But once again, you're looking at arguably, what, the third, fourth greatest shooting guard of all time. So, of course, you're not going to have a problem with sharing the ball with James Harden. But to sit here and say you're going to go from sharing the ball with two guys who are, I guess, in John Wall's mind on his level. And, of course, we all know that James Harden is way beyond the level of John Wall, and there's no disrespect to him. But let's be real about this. However, it seemed like he was struggling to share the ball with with another guard in Kevin Porter Jr. who hasn't done anything. And not only that, after John Wall's season ended, we started to see Kevin Porter Jr., take his game to another level he went from a guy who looked like he was trying to figure it out to oh my god you looked up this is a guy who led the houston rockets to a victory by scoring a career high 50 points and dishing out 10 assists 
now you look at where this organization is headed. Now, keep in mind, John Wall was only brought to this organization as basically a final test, a final opportunity to keep James Harden here in the city of Houston. That did not happen. You know the Houston Rockets are entering a rebuild that is going to feature a lot of young players. John Wall does not have a future with this organization. However, on the flip side of that, this is a man who is still owed, I believe, $90 million over the next two to three years on his contract. So what can the Rockets do in order to move on from John Wall? Uh, let's talk about John Wall himself as a player. Uh, I love the fact that he came in motivated to play. Um, it was a new uh, atmosphere for him, a new opportunity for him, uh, just coming back from an injury. And the way he came back, you could tell that he was the John Wall that we all know um, that he could play uh, like. And he was able to do that successfully. Um, coming back from a, a Achilles injury like that, you know, you, you never know, but to actually see him out there uh, perform at a high level, it, it was, you know, understandably understood that he could play at that level. Um, so I don't question his abilities. Um, the Like you said, on the flip side of it, is he a good fit for the Rockets? A couple of reasons why I don't feel that he is a good fit for the, for the Rockets. For one, they are really in a rebuild mo a mode um, from the, the guards they do have, from the the front office, I mean, just the organization in itself, um, he's talented. And it's not the fact that he, he can play at that at the highest level, but I think for what the, the Rockets need now, they want to put their focus, their emphasis on rebuilding with their younger guys. And, you know, there's not too many John Walls out there, but, you know, again, being in, in the rebuilding mode, um, I think the Rockets and the organization, they understand that it's going to take some time. And that's a big contract that he has. And I don't, I don't know who else will be able to, to pick it up, um, but they could use him to, to trade and, and get some other pieces uh, to, to help them have a better future. Um, but I do, I don't feel that in the long run that he's going to be a good fit for them. Now, if they can get some pieces between now and in the beginning of next season or be, before the, the trade deadline for next season, um, it's a possibility they can work because again, the, the, the dude can play, man. He's a baller. We know um, he can play at a high level. You know, he seemed like he's hundred percent fully healed from the, the Achilles injury. So it's, it's not a question of his abilities, but it's just a question of do he fit what the Rockets need for their, their future. To be honest with you, I really kind of feel bad for John Wall to a certain extent because not only did he prove that he is back from a two-year hiatus i mean think about it this guy came back from a torn achilles and you know we had another guy on his roster who goes by the name of demarcus cousins and he also was coming back from a torn achilles and as, as a matter of fact 
when you take a look at Demarcus, he is nowhere near the guy he was prior to his Achilles tear. Now, I do understand that Demarcus also had a quad injury in the midst after he tore his Achilles. He also um, tore his ACL. Like he has had a lot of lot of lower leg injuries that has derailed his career. And you know, thankfully, as of right now, John Wall has not had the same however you see demarcus cousins as of may 21st 2021 he is officially a shell of him of his former self john wall proved when given an opportunity when the stakes are at its highest especially when he's going up against another all-star like we saw in the game where i believe he scored a season high 39 points or uh, it might have been 40 points in the loss against the los angeles clippers John Wall proved that he can still ball. As I mentioned, during that 20-game losing streak, the last five games, he was averaging 25, 26 points per game. He still has something left in the tank. However, on the flip side of that, is he worth another team paying $90 million too? And I know a lot of people keep talking about, oh, you got to look at the possibility of John Wall accepting a buyout. <laughs> Hawk, mm. as a player... Would you accept a buyout <laughs> knowing that you're going to lose? Let's say if the Rockets paid you 20 million to go away, you're still are you that means you'll be missing out on what 70 million dollars. Mm. I don't see a buyout happening with John Wall. I, no. I think best case scenario for Wall and this organization, Raphael Stone, they're gonna have to trade him. Mm. And the only way I can see him being somewhat appealing to another team you're gonna have to give up a draft pick and i know a lot of fans do not want to hear us trading a draft pick along with john wall to another team however ladies and gentlemen when you think about it trading john wall is basically what's best for this organization because as i mentioned the fit between him and kevin porter jr it, it wasn't good. It seemed like John Wall did not want to defer to Kevin Porter Jr. And at times it seemed like Kevin Porter Jr., out of respect, did not want to take the ball out of John Wall's hand when they was on the court together. And once again, we saw what Kevin Porter Jr. was able to do. The best part of his season came after they set John Wall down for the entire season. And I don't want this segment to turn into, I don't want John Wall in Houston because I don't like him in anything like that or anything like that. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen and Hulk, I appreciate everything John Wall did for this organization this season. I mean, this man stood up for us after, let's be real, James Harden treated this organization like a dog in his final moments as a Houston Rocket. And what did he do? He came out and said, we're going to be okay because I'm the leader. I'm the point guard. During that 20-game losing streak, he was the guy who was going out there every single day trying to make sure, trying to get this team to end that losing streak. As we all know, this man was on a back-to-back -back restriction and doing, I believe it was the final eight games of that losing streak, when we had a back-to-back, John Wall was playing because he was that committed in getting this organization out of what was by far the worst and lowest moment of this organization. He was there to speak up for Steven Silas after the fiasco took place between this organization and P.J. Tucker. He has been there. However, now you have a guard who can be your 
a, a foundational piece moving forward. And not only that, you trade John Wall to a contender where he can actually go out and play meaningful basketball. And I know there is the, well, if you rebuild, you still have to keep a veteran around. And what I saw this year from John Wall proved to me that he could be one of the best leaders in this league. However, in a rebuild, you want to develop your younger guys. And keeping John Wall on this team is just going to hinder the developments of guys like uh, Kyrie Thomas or Kevin Porter Jr. or Namani Brooks or, who, or, or whoever might be the new young guys on this team moving forward. Trading John Wall is what's best for both parties as of right now. Just to reiterate what you just said in regards to um, is it a, the best thing for the Rockets? Is it the best thing for John Wall? Uh, first of all, if I'm John Wall, I'm I'm not taking any less than what you owe me. <laughs> uh, and and that's know, fair. And that's yeah, fair. <laughs> you you owe me. You know, I came here. Um, I couldn't help. You know that James left, and you know that the the front front office has changed. But um, you know, to his credit, as you said, he's been nothing but the professional uh, coming in, trying to be a leader, trying to lead by example. Um, even at the dark darkest moments. Uh, of losing 20 games in a row. I mean, he didn't complain. He didn't say, you know what, I don't want to play. It, it was it was just unfortunate that, you know, all of his energy to do the right thing and be that leader, you know, it didn't translate to any any W's for them. Um, and then finally, just to, to see the, the difference when they did sit him down toward the last few games to, to see those young guys uh, come out and and them really, you know, make a mark for themselves. I mean, that's fitting to what they need as an organization. They need something different. And again, I, I want to see John stay there. I, I really do, man. I want to see what he can do having the the right pieces around him. Uh, it's unfortunate that that Harden left, but hey, things happen. But um, I think to get where the Rockets want to go, they're going to have to trade him, and uh, and that means that he's going to have to, you know find a place that's better fit for him so that he can continue to, to be the all-star that we know he can be. And on Tuesday, we had an opportunity to hear from both Raphael Stone and Steven Silas during their um, season-ending media availability. And Raphael Stone did come out and say that he spoke to John Wall, and he said that John Wall is, quote-unquote, fired up about returning next season. <laughs> I'm going to call bluff on that because we know – a lot of stuff that's going on behind closed doors, they're not going to come out and say it. And unfortunately, I have not had the opportunity to ask any of my sources about what's going on between the whole John Wall situation. Um, I'm calling bluff on that statement. However, me personally, and once again, I'm not talking down on John I appreciate everything he did for this organization this season. And by the way, he has always been one of my favorite players in this new generation. I mean, his prom in Washington, my God, he was a very explosive point guard. But I just don't want to see him back in Houston because it's not going to be it's not going to be a good fit on both parties john wall should be in a position where he is competing for a championship and now the rockets are in a position where they need to develop their young guys especially if the future of this organization is kevin porter jr
And we are back with this installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. Last time Hawk and I was in the studio together, we were celebrating the Hall of Fame enshrinement of Rudy T. And as we all know, last week, Rudy T was enshrined along with Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Tamika Keshens. As we mentioned the, the la- on the last installment, this is arguably... Matter of fact, it's not even arguably. This is the greatest Hall of Fame class of all time, the 2020 Hall of Fame class. And shout out to class of 2021. They finally got my boy Chris Webber in there, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole mm-hmm. nother day. But with that being said, Rudy T made a very interesting remark during his Hall of Fame acceptance speech. He said that Robert Ory belongs in the Hall of Fame. As I said, Rudy T is one of my all-time favorite coaches that I've had. And it's not just because he is the one that believed in me uh, to make the NBA, but um, but he's been around, man. He's been around players. He's been around coaches. He's been around situations. And if if he says that he believes in something, it, it has to be a good inclination because not only he believes in it, but it, it, it has to have some value to it. Um, Robert Ory is, is, is talk about his his accolades, not even his accolades, but the success he's had, not just with the Rockets winning two championships, but went to the Lakers, played not only played well, but helped them win a championship um, with the Spurs. Um, he's been one of those icons where, yeah, you might not look at him like you look at a, at a, as at Kobe or or Michael Jordan, but. I mean, he has seven championships. Is that right, Cody? Yep. The man has seven. I mean, how many more people can say they got seven championships? Multiple teams. You tell me. I'll wait. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, according to the stats, there are, I believe, a total of eight or nine people in NBA history who Mm -hmm. has seven or more NBA championships. And, of course, I believe like 75% of that came from the dynasty of the Boston Celtics in the 1960s. So let's talk about the era that he won his championships mm-hmm. and, and, and all those times and those teams that he's played against, they've always been one or two um, either hall of famers or all-stars that he has beat. So I'm a, I'm a roll with, with Rudy T and give, put, get a red jacket ready for, for Robert. Cause I think he definitely belongs to be in the Hall of Fame. He just has his accomplishments of not just being on one team to have some success um, and big shots that he's hit over the course of his years of playing, um, the influence, the impact he's had in, in, in the game. He's still around the game now, obviously as a, as a commentator. Um, and, you know, it's just, he's been successful. And when I feel like if you're gonna be successful, you gotta be able to prove it and he's proven having seven championships that don't that don't come on you know that, that doesn't come naturally you have to work for it you have to be in the right situation um and he had some some really good coaches um that he had to play for and um give big bob his his jacket man and this this let's go ahead and induct him i understand robert ori has seven championships but this man does not belong in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Hall, give me a moment, please. First and foremost, I'm not about to sit here and disrespect Robert Ory. 
because he played an important role in all seven of those championships. And most of those championships, the team would not have won without him. Let's just let's just take a look at the big moments he had that literally that literally led to a ring on his finger. Let's take a look at 1995 with the Houston Rockets. If he does not play that type of defense on Penny Hardaway, the Rockets will have one less Larry O'Brien trophy sitting inside the Toyota Center. Let's take a look at the big shot that he hit in 2002, Game 4, Western Conference Finals against the Sacramento Kings. He is now playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. If he does not hit that shot to tie the series 2-2, going back to Sacramento, that could be one less championship trophy credited to the Los Angeles Lakers. Game five of the 2005 NBA Finals, he hits another big shot this time as a member of the San Antonio Spurs. And not only that, and a lot of people, you know, they talk about Robert Ori. They talk about him hitting that big shot. I, I know you remember that, Hulk, hitting that shot for the Spurs um, to basically give them a 3-2 series lead. I believe it was the game winner. But a lot of people fail to forget, and I tried my hardest to find this, but the defense that he played in that game also came up clutch as well. Because I don't know if you remember, and I can't remember who it was, but there was a trap that he helped set on, I believe it was Rasheed Wallace, if I'm not mistaken, and Rasheed turned the ball over. And then a possession or two later, he goes down and hit that, that, that shot everyone remembers him for. I just gave everybody three different occasions that Robert Ori played an important role in those championships. But at the end of the day, Hawk and listeners, this man does not belong in the Hall of Fame. First and foremost, he doesn't even have the stats for someone who can say they're a Hall of Famer. He only averaged seven points per game, and he didn't even score 10,000 points. He has, outside of championships, he has no type of regular season accolades. He had a pretty decent college, college career, but it's not one that could get him to the Hall of Fame alone. And let me remind everybody of this. This man has seven championships. Who was his teammates doing those seven championships that he won? Hakeem Olajuwon, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and Tim Duncan. He was teammates with four of the top 10, if you want to go top 12, greatest players in NBA history. He's supposed to get seven. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of mad that he didn't get more than seven. Hulk, I, I don't see Robert Ori going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And once again, no disrespect to him, but let's be real about this. And not only that, also shout out to Robert Ori because he was also one of the original big men who can step out and shoot the three. A lot of people, especially in the mid-90s, and part of the reason why he was another important piece for the Houston Rockets when he knows back-to-back championships – Nobody knew how to guard that back in the day. The big, the bigs that we see now stepping out, putting the ball on the floor, creating for their teammates, shooting threes. He was one of the original big men to do that. But to sit here and say that Robert Ori belongs in the Hall of Fame because he got seven rings, the, Hulk, I don't see it. I'm sorry. Well, 
That's I'ma still stick to my story. Seven rings don't <laughs> don't grow on trees. And, and you're right. It's it's work, it's patience, it's it's timing, being around the right coach, the right team, all those things. And maybe he didn't score 20 points a game as you know, as far as average for his career. Um, maybe he doesn't even have a 20 point uh year where he's averaged 20 points for that entire season he don't but, i think the highest he got is 12 and that was with the okay. rockets in his second year right so can you go through every player in the hall of fame and say the same thing that they all average 20 that they all do no it's, it's different things that made them successful and again man i know how hard it is to win one high school championship ring and he got seven nba championship rings man give that man some some respect um he's done enough to be accepted and i think he should definitely be inducted because of the success what he's had we're gonna see hawk i once again i just don't consider robert ori a hall of famer now if they do a hall of fame for a team let's say if they want to honor the 2001 los angeles lakers who went 16 and 1 you know they do have teams that are in the hall of fame then he definitely should be up there receiving his orange red whatever color that jacket is he should definitely be up there receiving a jacket but to say that he needs to be in the hall of fame based off his career alone saying that he has seven championships and by the way once again this man played with four of the greatest players in nba history you have two of them that's in consideration for being the greatest big man of all time you have one being in being in the running for being the most dominant big man of all time you have two that's in a running for they case for the greatest player of all time and one of them was literally the remix of the greatest player of all time so <laughs> i Hawk, once again, I don't see it, and I kind of hate talking like this because I don't want people to listen to this and thinking that I'm A, hating on Robert Ori, or B, not giving him his his respect or credit that he deserves. And once again, just like I mentioned, he was one of the original big men who can step out, shoot the three, put the ball on the floor, just like what we see today. He was one of the original big men who could do that kind of stuff. But I just don't see Robert Ori getting into the hall of fame just because he has seven rings and hawk i want your honest opinion mm -hmm. do you think he deserves just because he got seven championships do you think he deserves to be in the hall of fame over guys like carmelo anthony tracy mcgrady alan Iverson? definitely not not over I, uh, ai um over tracy <laughs> well okay I, i'll put it put you in put it in, in, in more terms where maybe you can understand you tell me how many championships does Tracy McGrady have none? Okay, how many how many championships does AI have? None. Okay, and I I I'm a vouch for AI because I played against the, the the cat man, and this dude, whoo, he he's still one of the best I've ever seen at his, at his position. Who else did you name and said they don't have a Carmelo Anthony? Does he have a championship? No. Okay, so if you don't have a championship, that should be in my eyes. That should be one of the guidelines. You have to have a certain amount of championships so uh, based off of your criteria mm -hmm. robert ori is more of a hall of famer than tracy mcgrady alan alverson and carmelo anthony and by the way let's not forget that robert ori was never asked to do the the things on a team like the other three players that i mentioned 
It's the he's body of a, work. The body of work he, of what oh. he had to do. The body of work and the success that he's had. You got to be able to, you got to reward him. How many MVPs does uh, does Rob Ori has? Zero. How many All Star appearances does Rob Ori has? Uh, probably zero. How many scoring championships does Rob Ori has? Is there a guideline to how they select the Hall of Famers? There, no. No, no. You're you're correct. There's not a hall. There's not a guideline. Mm. So my guideline is, okay, <laughs> what have you done that others have not? And we know how hard it is to get, again, one championship, but you got seven of them, multiple teams, and if you have success on those teams, you got you got to reward that. And, hey, I'm, I'm sorry AI don't, don't have a, a championships. I'm sorry that Carmelo Anthony doesn't have any championships. But the fact that what Robert had, has done and the, and the things he has done with those teams, you got to reward him for that. And it's just not what he did for those seasons, but it was time and time again. Those teams were successful. He got a championship to prove it. And uh, again, you got to acknowledge that. <laughs> we're going to agree to disagree. You know, you know, really quick, before closing out this installment, saying that Robert Ori belong in the Hall of Fame is like saying that Tito Jackson himself belongs in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And... Tito is, and I don't know how much you know about Michael Jackson and the Jacksons mm -hmm. and stuff. I mean, I, I'm a probably the biggest Michael Jackson fan you will ever meet. And mm -hmm. but I consider Robert Ori and Tito Jackson like the same type of person. What? Like, no, 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 because just uh. like Robert Ori, Tito is part of the reason why the Jacksons were so good. He helped produce. He helped write songs. He, you know. Even when Michael and Janet and everybody went solo, he actually helped them in their solo career. But we're not about to sit here and say that he deserved <laughs> a spot in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next to Michael because he was just as good. No, we are not about to do that. And that's just how I feel. There Man. are certain people in the group that deserve their roses. Robert Ori is one of the people that deserve their roses. But it comes to the point where I'm not going to go out and buy. <laughs> I'm not about to go out and buy 12 dozen roses to give to him. No, nah, I'll probably just go out and buy two or three and say, here you go. Thank you for a really good career. You ought to be ashamed of yourself comparing <laughs> Robert Ori to Tito Jackson, man. But once again, like I said, Tito was just as important to that group. We all know who the mega star was. Michael equals Kobe Bryant and 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 Shaq and and Hakeem and Tim Duncan, but Tito was just as important to the Jacksons as Robert Ory was to these seven championships. Think about you, what you just said. Tito Jackson was just a Jackson, so we can't compare him. Robert Ory went to not one team, not two teams. Come on, he went to multiple teams. And, and have success and won a championship. So there is no comparison to that. So again, I'm looking at the body of work. I'm looking at his uh, accomplishments when he were there, when he was there, um, the value that he brought to that organization. You, you can you got to reward that. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he's just like a Tito Jackson. So, but Big Bob, I'm not saying that, dude. You deserve to be in in the uh, the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. Listeners, let us know how you feel about whether or not 
Robert Ori belong in the Hall of Fame. And also let me know if I was a little bit disrespectful, disrespectful comparing Robert Ori to Tito. Because once yeah. again, I don't think people understand how important Tito was to that group. <laughs> if he doesn't write, if matter of fact, if he doesn't break their daddy's guitar, we uh, would never see Thriller and Bad and all the rest of this stuff. And if Robert Ori does not knock down those game-winning shots and play the defense that he did, Kobe might only have four. Duncan might only have three. Shaq might only have two. And Hakeem might only have one. You see what I did? I am biased when it comes to Kobe. You see how I still let Kobe come out uh, with the most rings? <laughs> but anyways, uh, as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And you can follow me, Joaquin Hawkins, on Facebook, J-U-A-Q-U-I-N. Last name is Hawkins. And also you can follow me on Instagram, CoachHawk247. That is CoachHawk247. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube